This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. He played almost a decade, was a Pro Bowler four times, 134 consecutive regular season starts, which is almost unheard of for an offensive lineman, a four-time All-Pro, and a Super Bowl champ. Mitchell Schwartz, former Chief, Browns and Chiefs, is joining us. So the numbers almost don't make sense that Andy Reid is so good in September. It's like it's it's like almost Nick Saban's openers in college. It's like how in the world is this possible? So you were there for years. You saw the intelligence. You saw the preparation. What is it? I mean, it, the, the, it's, he's the greatest September opening coach or September coach ever. Mitchell, what is it with Andy Reid in September? Well, it's a combination of, you know, we know his bye week record, so we know that he's so smart and he's good with any extra time against an opponent, so that's part of it. But I think it's the training camp he runs and the way he kind of operates because, you know, training camp's gotten a lot easier pretty much every year. It gets easier across the board, and then us as players, we fought for a lot of, uh, rule reductions on how much time you're allowed out there. Right. And coach still runs a tough camp. He's <laughs> one of the few uh, programs that actually tackles live. He has his own players tackle each other during training <laughs> camp. Uh, he plays his guys in all the games, you know, aside from Mahomes not not playing that third game, but the starting offensive line was out there. The starting defense line was out there. So he, he plays his guys. He runs things in a difficult manner on purpose. And the purpose is to hit the ground running in September. And the numbers bear it out that he... He just knows what he's doing. So um, we we now know how valuable tackle is. We always understood left tackle was important, but most reasonable people think left tackle is the second or third most important position. And the Chiefs are starting Donovan Stiff, uh, Smith and Juwan Taylor. So they have two new tackles. So having been a great tackle, uh, this stuff is hard. Uh, the, the, the cohesion on the offensive front. It, it's the hardest unit in the team. It's the, usually the smartest players. It's a lot of work. You're dealing with the best, biggest athletes. Are you a little concerned? Two new tackles for a highly complex, fluid system. So I'm not because of the two guys that are playing. You know, you've got Donovan who has played in a bunch of different schemes and has played at a pretty high level. You know, I know people 
kind of look at the holding stats or maybe look at last year when he was injured. But he's played some really good football. So you got a veteran guy who understands it. Uh, he looked awesome in preseason action. You know, I follow obviously a lot of Chiefs people on Twitter and uh, all the clips of him just manhandling guys were going around. And it doesn't matter who the competition is. Like if you look like a beast and you're just kind of throwing guys left and right, uh, that's the kind of thing that travels. So I feel pretty good about him. And then Juwan Taylor comes from Jacksonville. I mean, Doug Peterson, it's pretty much the same scheme. It's the same base. So you're speaking a lot of the same language. You've been uh, familiarized with the Andy Reid way of doing things. And so I think you just kind of plop them in and you're talking about probably the best interior offensive line in the NFL. So it's not like you've got two guys who are maybe newer, who don't quite understand things. You know, you've got two veterans who play a lot of good football. They're going into a system that Coach Reid's definitely going to have some things to protect them if he feels like they need it. And then they've got the best interior playing with them. So it's uh, very advantageous for, for Mr. Mahomes up front. And obviously the organization has put a lot of resources into that group for him. You could make an argument because you'll get extra prep time because you're playing on Thursday that you should just sit Travis Kelsey. Just sit him. That's something we've talked about today. What do you think Andy's mindset? Andy likes September. Andy likes quick starts. Andy loves national TV games to show off and have fun. Is the do you th- what do you think he's thinking about Travis Kelsey if he comes in after warmups and is not a hundred percent? I think he won't jeopardize the season and especially what the playoffs will look like for this first game. But to your point, I, I do think he's going to uh, kind of go right up against that line. You know, if there's a question one way or another, he's going to trust in Travis to tell him honestly, like, hey, can you do this? Are you going to be okay? You know, Coach Reed and Rick Burkholder, the head athletic trainer, have a great relationship. And Rick has pretty much seen it and done it and been through every injury you could possibly imagine. So Rick has a really good idea of, you know, what Travis's specific injury will look like recovery-wise and what today, if he does play, will do to it. Um, but I do think he's going to want him out there. And, and to me, the bigger question becomes not necessarily if Travis plays, but if he is playing, are they going to play him and just utilize him as Travis Kelsey, you know, best tight end in football? Or do you almost play him hoping that the Lions are going to treat that as, oh, yeah. Brad, or Travis is healthy, so we're going to double cover him, and you kind of unlock what you're expecting from their defense? Uh, so I think that's going to be the interesting piece of the puzzle. So um, Detroit's interesting tonight because Detroit's been a losing franchise, and then they get a little momentum, but we have to acknowledge – They didn't make the playoffs last year in the weaker NFC. And now you go to Kansas City, one of the loudest stadiums, and it's they're hanging banners and it's it's a big moment. Go to your NFL. You played on the Chiefs, but you also played on the Browns, a losing franchise. So to pivot, it's a lot of this league is cultural, right? To pivot from loser to winner. It's not just personnel. Maybe you saw some of that in Cleveland. Detroit's that team. We're just sitting there talking them up, and I think, yeah, let me see it first. Talk about your Cleveland experience and the difference between winning regularly and knowing you're going to win, thinking you're going to win. Oh, it's a big difference, and I think it all starts at the top with Dan Campbell. That's why they brought him aboard, because of that belief and that trust that he has and how he instills it into his players. You know, we kind of started off talking about those great head coaches, and Campbell to me is at his core motivator you know he gets the best out of his guys and they're going to fight hard every single game and i think that's maybe one of the things you look towards in terms of a franchise that's not winning as much and maybe like you said they didn't go to the playoffs last year but that week 18 game was pretty uh cool to see that they you know technically didn't have anything to to fight for but they wanted to beat their division rival and they wanted to put on a good show and they did it and they played really hard and when you're playing hard and 
games that don't matter. When you're playing hard in the fourth quarter of games that maybe you're behind a couple touchdowns and you're trying to come back, I think those are what you look towards for seeing a culture change, that a team's not giving up. It's not, oh, well, we're losing again, whatever. Let's just get on and, and be healthy and go to the offseason. And you're seeing that fight. You're seeing that responsibility to each other as teammates. And I think that is the first sign. And um, you match up that kind of attitude with the talent that they have. And especially me being an offensive line guy, seeing what they've built up front, um, you know, that's that's one of the keys to success in this league, especially nowadays with all these uh, pass rushers that are now making $34 million a year. And they've, they've built this thing the right way. They've got, you know, the team, they've got the culture. Um, and like you said, now the last point is not necessarily hoping that you're going to win, but knowing when you get off the bus, like, I don't care if it's Kansas City, I don't care if they're hanging a banner, we're walking in here and we're going to beat uh, the the crap out of them. And I do think they have that attitude and um, we'll see what they can do over the season with it. Listen, you were a second round pick. Most great left tackles in league history have been first round picks. There's, a, You know what I mean? It's one of those positions. We have quarterbacks who have been great in the sixth right? Undrafted quarterbacks, Kurt Warner. But a lot, of, I've, I've thought about this, a lot of the great left tackles have been first-round picks. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to play. And, and, I, and I say that because, of course, there's been players that get drafted later. But Brock Purdy is the last player taken. Everybody passed on him, including San Francisco, five, six, seven times. And there's part of me that thinks, okay, now everybody's got film on him, and he is a seventh-round pick. You're right. Now, I'm not saying there's not Cam Chancellors and Richard Shermans. Everybody gets overlooked. But you were a second-round pick and a multiple pro bowler. When you look at Brock Purdy going 7-0 or 8-0, do you think to yourself, lightning in a bottle, it's a great roster, he's not that great, he's going to come back, he's going to regress. Or do you think maybe he just got overlooked? I do think maybe he got overlooked and he's obviously in as good of a situation as you can ask out of a quarterback, not just, you know, Kyle Shanahan and the offenses that he builds, but all the skilled position players around him. And you can say on one hand, well, the Niners don't know how to evaluate quarterbacks. They screwed up with Trey Lance, but the flip side is they trust in Purdy enough to move on from that and to admit defeat that, Hey, we gave up three firsts for a guy and it didn't work out. And we're going to roll with this, you know, uh, back of the seventh round guy who's coming off a UCL injury. And we're not exactly sure how healthy that, that elbow is going to be throughout the course of the year. So I think they're showing a faith in him and the, the way the roster is built as well, you know, just touched on the Bosa signing. They've got a bunch of big contract guys. It almost works better to have guy, a guy at quarterback who, maybe is 75 or 80% of what uh, a Mahomes can be or a top quarterback, but he's making 2%, 3%. And so you're looking at that salary cap and this gets back into the, that team building philosophy of needing a you know a quarterback on a first contract. But I do think there's something to Purdy that you can tell that team bought in almost immediately when he stepped on the field Yeah, and they didn't, skip a beat and there's just that camaraderie you know it falls under the can't really measure it uh, category but I think we all saw it last year we all felt it the way they rallied around him it wasn't just like hey this is pretty cool we like this guy and we're doing well like there was a full buy-in from everyone and a full confidence and trust like almost immediately and I think the buy-in from his peers and his teammates to know that that immediately I mean there are guys that are drafted I mean, even first round, honestly, you see them in OTAs. You're like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> we might have screwed up there. Uh, so there's just like immediate, yeah, he's got it. And everyone in the organization can feel it. And it does seem like Purdy has that. So uh, most of the, you know, all 32 teams, maybe you could take the Chiefs out of that. But uh, all these other franchises, I think, maybe missed something, San Fran included. Um, but they did get him and they are capitalizing on it now. 
You went to Cal. USC was a rival. But I will say, um, I've never seen more good college quarterbacks coming out. This class is going to be insane. Caleb Williams, head of the class. His dad and him in a GQ article both intimated at the discomfort of not being able to pick where you go. I thought it was a vague shot at Arizona, basically saying... We're not going to Arizona. Outside of Arizona, Houston, I think he would go to D.C., for instance, new owner. He's from there. Indianapolis, coach, GM. He'd go there despite Urze being a little quirky. Um, that was my takeaway that he and his dad were just saying, we may not go to Arizona, but my takeaway is if, if you represented him, Eli Manning, John Elway, dad stepped in. We're not going there. How do you feel about that, um, a, a transformative talent and an ownership space in Arizona that is at best tenuous, at worst problematic. What if he said, I'm not playing for Arizona? Would it bother you? No, and this is where I think most players come down on their fellow player side. Um, we're seeing this, you know, especially in the NBA, but players are kind of realizing the power that they have throughout all the sports, and they're taking advantage of it. And if you're this Heisman winning uh, quarterback who's looking like he's going to have another awesome year. And you have that kind of power to choose your own destiny or to make a team make a decision to say, well, we really don't think he's going to come here and we have to move on. And maybe we take Drake May instead and we flip the picks or whatever. Uh, I'm all for a guy using his power if he has it in that regard. And I do think he has it. Now, the posturing, it's starting a little bit early. Uh, I'm not sure why that necessarily needs to be said now. And I just, I think if you look, you know, four or five years ago, we would have probably said similar things about Cincinnati, you know, yeah. maybe ownership's not quite in disarray, but just in the sense of how that organization is viewed from a, you know, top-down perspective and Burrow gets there and now it's completely flipped. And now, you know, pretty much everything about the organization has changed. They're signing guys to free agency where they didn't do it in the past. They're kind of giving in a little bit on how they did things financially in terms of contracts and, and other things. So, yeah, he might be able to kind of choose where he goes or at least veto one specific location. But the flip side is he also could be the person that changes the franchise. And that could be pretty cool as well. So I'm all for whatever he wants to do. You know, I'd say based on what he's accomplished so far in college, he's earned that right. Um, you know, as we see, obviously, Kansas City right now, Chris Jones, there's an impasse. You know, sometimes two sides don't agree on something. And, right. Uh, it, it, becomes a bit of an impasse, but I think both sides are right to do whatever they think is best for them. Mitchell Schwartz, nine years, a Super Bowl champ, Chiefs tonight in Detroit. As always, great seeing you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Same. Thanks for having me. You bet. Brother of Jeff Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz, great tackle, good guy, smart guy. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. All right. Um, listen, it's not till Monday night, but we're going to talk about it. The okay. Jets and Aaron Rodgers, his big debut is against the Buffalo Bills. Um, Sean McDermott's first game taking back defensive play calling. Remember the Leslie Frazier weirdness? He spoke about how difficult it'll be to get ready for the addition of Aaron Rodgers. They've already had a talented roster, as I mentioned, and now they added a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, a guy who we have a lot of respect for. Um, He's extremely smart, um, veteran, as we all know, and um, he's he's tough to go against. It's been a little bit of a challenge for us in terms of trying to find, uh, you know, what we should watch and and how long we should watch it. Um, So just trying to, um, again, um, you know, be fundamentally sound in what we do and and uh, know that we're up for a big challenge. Can't wait. I like Buffalo. Well, during the commercial break, I went, I, I've been, I'm getting really nerdy. You do this too. Pro football focus like matches up you know, the offense against the defense. I'm just telling you right now, the Bills offensive line is going to get just pancaked left and right by this Jets pass rush. Now, the opposite is true as well, right? The Bills should push bet on the, uh, Beckton bet, and Cumberland. Bet the under. I just did. Under 46. Now it looks I didn't I don't think I'm moving the line, but it looks like 45 and a half now a lot of places. I think the under is the Monday night play, right? Rogers a little nervous with the spotlight. The Jets last year, by the way, held the Bills to 20 points and 17 points. Covered the spread both times. I think this is a low scoring game. I obviously I could root for the Jets. By the way, are you what's your level of excitement for obviously Monday show is exciting, but Tuesday show. Win or lose. Because you'll make fun of me and not the It will be the greatest show in the history of the herd. Tuesday? Yeah, either you'll be um, so obnoxious, uh, the audience will turn off eight minutes in. Very out of character. Or the audience will pour in to watch your 
devastation and reaction to a 43-17 loss. 43-17? Oh my god, are you crazy? No, um, you know me. I like I have a lot of stuff going on, so I'll be upset if the Jets lose, but oh. I'm not going to show it on air. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> no, You're going to totally be not. an emotional wreck. So, what, if, so, what if what if Rodgers is sacked like seven times? That could very well happen. Like, I'm ready for that. I that already, could easily happen. I was, it, Stop. It's I hear. going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one in the Patriots. <laughs> Patriots, and uh, this is interesting. Patriots against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Hurts has quickly proven himself as one of the best QBs in the game. Was phenomenal last year. Bill Belichick was asked about how his team is preparing for this dynamic player. Uh, arguably the best player in the league or one of the top two or three best players in the league. <laughs> Nobody has anybody that can be him. And if they do, the guy's probably not playing on a scout team for that team anyway. You know, you do the best you can. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have somebody to try to simulate the best we can what, what Hurts does, but... We don't have anybody like Hurts, and probably neither is anybody else. How about it's just that? a really tough game to handicap. Uh, well, here's the here's what worries me. There's a little O-line issue in New England, right? A little? It looks like, and again, it's not done. They're going to be starting a fourth-round rookie at right tackle. I don't love that. But I will tell you, all this negativity around McEnroe Jones, he is a buy on the marketplace. Buy according to who? You? Or me. You're, I am you're saying bat- buy Mac Jones stock. You, you think? Give me a break. You think they're going to win three games? They are favored in three games. I am betting New England against the spread all year. I don't know how many games they're going to win. The disrespect is insane. Favorite three wins. I'm taking the points with New England all year. Have you run this by Ann? Just wanted to make sure. Ann controls real estate. I control betting. <laughs> <laughs> betting the Patriots all year. Well, it's going to be a rough year. I'm not they saying have they're the winning. second toughest schedule in the league, oh. according to many metrics, after the Dolphins. AFC East uh, is scheduled brutal. Um, final story. A lot of hype surrounding um, the Lions this season. Uh, they got hot at the end of last year, winning eight of their last ten, but left tackle Taylor Decker says Detroit still has to prove they deserve the praise. Having the perspective of knowing we haven't done anything yet is important. There's a lot of promise from how we finished last year, but that was half a season. To be a good franchise and establish a winning identity, you have to do it year after year. Having a great nine-game stretch doesn't make you a winner, but it is great. I've been here during years when you're getting bleeped on and you're the butt of the jokes. To have a little bit of respect going into the season is cool. Cool. Taylor Decker, sound, you know, smart guy. It is. It's nice to be respected. You don't want to go overboard. They've been a nice mix. I've seen. I've seen a lot of lions. Uh, multiple lion players have shown, have contextualized all this, and have been grown-ups. And they've said, "Hey, man, we got to show it. We got to show it." I like that. I got to tell you, everybody in the league plays hard. Detroit plays so hard, they're impossible not to root for. Yeah. Unless so you're playing them. I mean, they just play. They, no quit. They they are all gas, no breaks into the final whistle. Is the biggest coaching mismatch of week one Dan Campbell against Andy Reid? Well, first of all, the whole league outside of Belichick and Peyton and about three others is a coaching mismatch against Andy Reid. About seven, eight guys in the league maybe. Pete Carroll, Tomlin. Maybe eight guys in the league. Other than that, Andy's a better coach in most instances by a little bit. Okay, but lot. if you're ranking the coaches one to thirty-two, Dan Campbell's near the bottom. He oh, just hasn't God, done anything. Come on, he's been—he's—it's somebody's got to be near well, the bottom. Well, but it's worked there. We got to be fair on him. 
It's worked. Okay? Interim guy in Miami didn't work. It's worked in Detroit. You can't say that. Well, really? So where, where's Dan Campbell's an NFL coach? A league average? I'd say he's somewhere between 13 and 17-ish. Wow. You have him near the bottom? There, there's eight guys going to lose their job next year. He, he might be one of them. <laughs> By the way, you can say what you want. The proof is what I see when I turn the TV on. Mm-hmm. He took a mess. He lost Stafford. They play their butt off. They are. They protect the home field. He's got golf playing well. Well, wait. Does he have golf playing well, or Ben Johnson, the well, OC? You, it's like the president. You got to. If the stock market's up, you got to give the president some credit. If the team is playing their arse off, it's his staff. This is it. Everybody no, loves not, his listen, OC. He I'm, hired him. Lions fans are going to think I'm hey. crushing Campbell. I'm not killing him. I'm no, just saying just his like, record. Like, okay, fine. I'll name some coaches. We got a second here. Dennis Allen I or would Dan take Campbell? Dan Campbell. Easily. Easily. Easily? Let's Frank go. Reich or Dan Campbell? Oh, I like Frank Reich. Robert Sala or Dan Campbell? It's a coin flip. I'd say, well, I, I mean, they're just going to the playoffs. Yeah, it's a coin well, your reaction is like I said, Andy Reid, and, you know. What? Salah is a coin flip with it. Ooh. Well, I think Salah's shown promise and Campbell's shown promise. Dan Campbell's had a winning season. Stefanski or Dan Campbell? Don't you dare. Ah, uh, I like the, I like the uh, current momentum we of Dan need, Campbell. I, I think we just got a segment for whenever there's an open. Uh, like well, 1 I'm to 32, into, rank the coaches. You just said Campbell's at the bottom He's of the He's in like league. the bottom six. For uh, sure. No way. Six coaches. Wow. Oh, Ron Rivera or Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell. Huh. He's an offense. I like the way his team plays. He's, an, he's not. Give offense. me another one. Um, Mike McCarthy or Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell. Stop it! Now I know you're not being serious. McCarthy won 12 games the last two years. What are you talking about? Come on. You, Wes, clip this off and put it online right now. That's your social guy. He's got to put that on. Dan Campbell over Mike McCarthy? Who's the Bears coach? Eberflus? You ask Cowboy fans. They don't want McCarthy as coach. They want the defensive coordinator as coach. Well, Everybody in Detroit McCarthy's loves Dan cautious. Campbell. Wow. I'm just telling you, I don't care about resumes. Dan Campbell's put together a great staff. It's like when people say McIntyre's good. I say, forget him. I hired him. I get the credit for you. LaFleur. <laughs> Or Dan Campbell. Well, Lafleur right now is. I think Lafleur. I would give the edge to. You're the one that started this by saying yeah. Dan Campbell bottom of the league. He, he's bottom. He's bottom six or seven among head coaches. If you're ranking them one to thirty-two, come on, dude. He ended the season strong, and you're first in love of all. With you this win guy? every argument where the comeback is. Come on, dude. I just won the argument. All right. Okay. You on. You, come on. Dude. You win. <laughs> Take a victory lap. All Goodness right. gracious. Are you done? Jay Mack with the. You're news. darn right. I'm done. <laughs> Jay Mack with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Coming up next, how close is each AFC team to the Super Bowl? We did NFC yesterday. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. This is Steve Cavino And Rich Davis. And together, we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once your business gets to a certain size, cracks start to emerge. Get a customized solution from NetSuite.com slash her. Their KPI checklist is free. Okay, J-Mac. If the end zone was the Super Bowl, we did the NFC yesterday. We do the AFC today. If the end zone is the Super Bowl, how close are AFC teams to the goal line slash the Super Bowl, the end zone? All right, we'll start with a layup. The Chargers, how close are they to the Super Bowl end zone? We both like them. Loaded roster. One of six teams entering the year, though, with new coordinators. It does worry me. I have them at the five-yard line. New coordinators doesn't necessarily mean bad news, but I think this roster, top to bottom, is very close to the Eagles, is very close to the Niners in terms of just dudes everywhere. How close are the Chiefs? To the Super Bowl end zone. Okay, right now with Chris Jones, that worries me. Okay. But two new tackles, they'll get over it. I say goal line, 
Reed, Mahomes, Kelsey, and that defense, remember, all those rookies, they should get better in year two under Spags. So the defense last year was surprisingly good. I think they'll be better. All right, let's go to a divisive team, the Denver Broncos with your boy, Sean Payton. A lot of asks. Change rush, change the culture, change the staff. I have the Broncos at the 40-yard line. Remember, Sean Payton, that's field goal range with a good leg in, my, in the altitude Maybe of Denver. Maybe at altitude, yeah. Remember, he won Coach of the Year first year with the Saints. So he turns this stuff around very quickly. All right, let's get to a team that's nowhere close to the Super Bowl, the Raiders. Well, they're out of field goal range, their own 40-yard line. The Chandler Jones drama, which you pointed out yesterday, that's no good. Uh, Darren Waller's gone when healthy, very valuable. And Josh McDaniel's on the hot seat. You start one and four... That's gonna. You're gonna hear those headlines. He'll, he, uh, that that's an underplayed story. If they start poorly, and I think they're gonna lose their opener to Denver, all of a sudden you got Mark Davis having private meetings with a coach. All right, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sneaky Super Bowl team, Colin. I don't know. I have them at the 30-yard line. An makeable field goal. They won six to seven games at the end of the year. Uh, their defense has led the sacks in the NFL five of the last six years. I just think. Tight end, wide receiving core, the ability to create pressure. I love their roster. I and they, I even like their backup running back. I like their. I think their roster's top five or six in the league. Wow. Uh, all right, let's go with the Cincinnati Bungles. How close are they to the Super Bowl? Goal line upgraded at left tackle. Don't worry about Burrow. Has he ever played a preseason? Zach Taylor last two years, twenty-two and eleven. They've been very, very good situationally. Is that Zach Taylor or Burrow? They moved off safeties. Tells me the organization understands the value of the right positions. Goal line for the Bengals. Uh, Cleveland Browns? They in field goal range? Too talented not to be in field goal range, but it would be a tough one. 40-yard line. Listen, last three seasons under Stefanski, they have the worst record in their division. And why you asked if I like Dan Campbell or Stefanski? Win games. They got too much talent. They're not winning games. You know, they're not winning games. All right. What about the Baltimore Ravens? How close are they to the end zone? 30-yard line. Love it. New coordinator. But we got OBJ, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, Lamar Jackson. Cross your fingers on his health. He's won 74% of his games as a starter. I, I like this team a lot, but I do worry about their health. A lot of guys on that roster have a history of injuries. All right. Derrick Henry and the Titans. They close to the end zone? 50-yard line, not a makeable field goal. Bottom line, ended last year in a seven-game losing streak. 0-9 last year against teams that reached the playoffs. They beat, <laughs> up on, they beat up on bad teams. That's what they did. They beat up on bad teams. Kind of like the New York Giants. Okay, how close are the Texans to the Super Bowl end zone? Nah, I don't, there's nothing here. D'Amico Ryan's cross your fingers. Their own 25-yard line. Fourth head coach in four years. Average 16 points a game. Have a rookie quarterback. They won't be good. I do like some of their offseason moves, though. <laughs> All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a tricky one. No, it's not. Five-yard line. Wow. They have to learn how to win big games. They're still not there yet, but this is a really good team. Return 20 of 22 starters. One of the great young quarterbacks, smart offensive coach, Calvin Ridley Likem. Five yard. That's a stunner. Okay, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Own 25-yard line. Eighth straight year. They have a different quarterback week one. The owner's gotten more meddling. 
I don't like it. Hey, we need to get to the Jets quickly. So how close are the Bills? Just me wrap this one up. Quickly. I don't like Leslie Frazier and their top tackler being gone. I don't like Vaughn Miller in week one being gone, but they're at the 20-yard line. This is a really good roster with a lot of continuity and a lot of returning starters. Very good up front defensively. O-line's better than you're giving them credit for. New England Patriots. 40-yard line. Bill O'Brien's a functional offensive coordinator. Sneakily, sneakily interesting. 19 of 22 starters return for a complex coach. They'll be better than you think. How close are the Dolphins to the Super Bowl end zone? Big Fangio, best coaching move of the offseason. I have them at the 20-yard line. Now I worry about their O-line. Reasonably fair point. They didn't upgrade there. I worry about Tua's health with that O-line. That's a fair concern. Most importantly, the New York Jets. How close are they to the Super Bowl end zone? 30-yard line. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. Has anybody brought that up? You think he's a great OC? No. <laughs> okay. So they're, the teams I have in front of the Jets are the Bills, Dolphins, if two is healthy, Chargers, Chiefs, Jags, Bengals, and I have the Jets in line, a lot of it due to Aaron Rodgers, in line with the Ravens and Steelers. What's staggering is you have the Jags closer to the Super Bowl than Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm floored at that. Well, that's because, first of all, Jets O-line with an old quarterback is concerned, and I, this Stephon Diggs drama yeah. is a thing. They don't have a number two receiver. I mean, the Jags don't have a defense. Um, well, they got they, tackle issues. One guy suspended. I don't Jags, that you high on the Jags, huh? Are they getting the number one seed in the AFC? I, I, Trevor Lawrence is your guy, huh? You really like him. We have I a, like him. We have a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're playing football tonight, and I'm watching. Clear-eyed watching. Grape juice? Maybe some pasta? Tomorrow the picks? Blazing five tomorrow. Had a winning week week I thought you were going to do a blazing four, because you don't like any games. What's <laughs> <laughs> the It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.